All right, welcome to episode three of Current Gen. My name's Tim. I'm here with Derek. And for the first time on this show, Jesse White's here with us as well. Let's get going. Here we go. Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out. <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. Jesse, welcome, my friend. How are you doing? Not too bad. How about yourself? I'm all right. I mean, we've been home a lot, man. I don't know. It's just too much home time. Like, I always, when I'm at work a lot and I haven't had time off, I can't wait to get back home. I just want to hang out at home. And if I've got a three-day weekend, I'm so pumped. This has been a little much already. So, Are you quarantined at home? It's like uh, from home and everything. I'm working from home. Yeah, the kids are all off school. I mean, we're not we're not in this shelter in place type thing that some areas have. So we we're allowed to get out and go out and about, but everything's closed. There's nowhere to go. So it's right. like we, we can go out, but where is there to go? So yeah, whatever. What can you well, do? We the same money while while a lot of people aren't making money. That's true. I'm still working. So you're working very... and you have nowhere to spend money at. So you're good. But that's Except not true though. We can, still shop, we can still shop on Amazon. That's the problem. Which is probably uh, the bulk of the shopping anyway. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Derek's here too. Derek Speaking just moved of... into a castle. So how's this new place looking? I like it. It's uh, it's bigger than the house we were in before. Not that the house we were in before was small. But this one's bigger. It's got a second story, but the second story is pretty cool. It's not it's not a full second story. You just go up and it's one big like playroom. So it's actually where I wanted to set up like my gaming room, but I got vetoed. Even though I pay the bills. That's what I told my wife. I'm like, I'm paying for everything and I can't have what I want. No, no. So I can't have my own game room? No, no. Like, well, right. here's what you guys should do when you and Megan want Parts of the house to be used for different things. You bring, you each bring a case before the kids. They're just sitting there like a panel. Okay, the three of them. They can t- quietly take notes. They can ask questions. <laughs> First of all, you said quietly. Yeah, I know. And, and then, then and then they decide now. together, calmly and lovingly, what the right decision is. And then everyone's happy with it because it's fair. Even even with me, like here's what I told them. I was because I told you guys I wanted to have like a, a man cave. So I pictured either that room or like we have. It's a it's that one big room and then there's four rooms on the first floor. Hmm. So there's a room per kid plus you know my wife and I have our own room and then like I said they have the upstairs room. So there's five bedrooms. So I was like okay, even if they take like if they take a, a room a piece down here, what I wanted was to make like a man cave and I was gonna I bought the Mortal Kombat arcade. I was gonna set that up, put that up there. I was going to buy the NBA Jam one, set that up, put that up there, and then have big screen TV, have a bunch of other little smaller TVs set up. And I was just going to full on set up every system, just have everything accessible. So if they ever had friends over, they could just go up there and play video games, NBA Jam and all that stuff, set up a little basketball hoop so they could shoot behind it. Vetoed. So what's that room going to be used for then? For them, they just want to play soccer up there. They don't want to play <laughs> soccer outside. 
They want to play soccer up, upstairs. It's just going to be an empty room to play soccer in? This has been What Do You Really Think with Derek. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed it. I like being married and having children. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, blink twice if you're safe. That looked, I I didn't quite believe it. Uh oh. The eyes are wide open. Oh, and boy. that's why we ditched the fathers of the grind. I don't want to be a daddy no more. Oh, that, that's really the reason behind it. All right, well, <laughs> yeah. let's get things kicked off with, I don't know if it's my favorite segment, but it's always interesting to see how we do. This is called Gone in 60 Seconds. No, sorry, Sold in 60 Seconds, a ripoff oh, right. of Gone in 60 Seconds. You guys see, remember that movie? Angelina Jolie, Nicolas Cage? Anybody? Oh, whatever. Yeah, I, I, I remember the movie, but I don't yeah, think it's, it's been years since I've seen it. Yeah. Well, it's all right. It doesn't hold up super well. All right, here we go. Sold in 60 seconds. It is my turn to try to sell you guys on something, some take on a game or on something in the industry. And I've got 60 seconds, so one of you needs to get a phone out to time me. And, uh, and then you, guys tell me, you guys tell me if I sold you or not. And you uh, tell us what you're going to talk about. All right. So there's a whole bunch of different ideas. I was actually going to talk a little bit about digital versus physical, but I, as far as purchasing and stuff, since it's on the top of mind for a lot of people right now, but I'm not sure I really have that interesting or, or hot of a take on it. So I'm actually going to give my take on a game that was recently released called Animal Crossing in 67. Okay. All right, ready, yeah. set, go. All right, so Animal Crossing came out. It's the first big uh, brand new game from Nintendo for 2020. Everyone's very excited. And I got caught up in the hype just like everyone else. I was like, you know, I like a good sim game. And maybe that, maybe I just didn't understand it the first few times. So I started watching my daughter play this game. I thought, let me let her give it a shot. I bet you I'll see the interest and I'll start playing it. Guys, I don't understand what it is about this game that grown adults find so interesting. And this, this is, and I'm, I'm being dead serious here. It's not cool to like Animal Crossing. This is something I've noticed across all kinds of different groups and all over the place. It's almost like you're cooler or hipper or hipster if you dig Animal Crossing. Well, if you don't get it, that's okay. No, I get it. I get what it is. You collect stuff, you craft stuff, you build a little house, you talk with other animals, and others can visit your village. This game is not great. It's, it's colorful. It's charming, by the way. The visuals we'll talk about actually do look a lot better. It looks very nice. It's like a really colorful world brought to life. It's not a fun uh, game to play. That's, that's my take. It's not a fun game to play. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that was the easiest one you could have chose. Yeah, because no kidding. There was no way you would have to. It would have been more challenging if you would have tried to sell us on liking this game I, that was what i was hoping to do honestly when i started the weekend i was like i'm gonna play this i'm actually gonna probably like it and then i'm gonna try to sell these guys only they should try it i can't do it i don't like this i game. will say this to to kind of go with what you're saying there anytime i have to buy a game even if it's for my kids which i don't buy them a lot i usually buy most of the games for me but if i buy a game normally because i'm investing money in it i'll find a way to like it or like something about it I, That's what I was hoping. I, I bought this game for my daughter. And before we recorded the show, I walked in. I was like, because so, she played it all day. Yeah. And I was like, so give me your thoughts on Animal Crossing. Like, what did you do? And she's like, oh, 
it's so different from the other one. And she went on for, and I'm not exaggerating, for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, no. I just started looking at Facebook. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, she's still going. And I was like, no, this game is trash. Like, I will not play it. I paid now, I, I avoided it. saying it's trash. I can't say that the game isn't good, but I will say this. It's not some, in my opinion, it is not a broadly appealing game. And that's, I think, the misnomer that a lot of people out there keep putting out like no everyone can enjoy this i don't think that's the case i think if you really yeah. like stuff like the sims or any of those like uh nintendogs if you like that type of sim game where it's just calm peaceful there's not really an end to the game you're just kind of maintaining life and slowly improving a few things that's why for the most part girls like it young kids like it it totally makes sense and in my opinion people who played it when they were kids are still nostalgic for it those are the folks who this game is for didn't As a gamer like who loved, I, I really like Stardew Valley though. That was like that. Yeah, but yeah, that's I didn't more mind R- Stardew Valley. That's more RPG like though. There's yeah. there's a difference. It's hard to explain. I see what you're saying, but there is a difference. It's a little more RPG like. No. It is. Yeah. It is. Maybe it's just because. Can Animal we just Crossing all agree? Is... Okay, while it's not objectively trash, it's still trash. Okay. <laughs> can we just can we just agree on that? All right, Trump. I can I'm with you. Confirm without having ever played it that it's garbage. <laughs> Um, actually, so later in the show, when we get to what we're playing, I'm going to cut to a little short interview I did with my daughter today. We recorded together because she is loving it. My daughter is not a gamer. She's tried a few games here and there. Every once in a while, she gets hooked on like uh, playing Minecraft multiplayer with the boys. But otherwise, she doesn't really like playing video games. She likes to watch shows on the iPad and things like that. She's seven. And um, I got Animal Crossing. She was immediately taken by the cover with the colorful characters. And I was like, well, you can try it first if you want. I can't get my Switch away from her. She loves this game. So I'm excited watching her play. For all the, everything I just said, trying to sell you guys on how this is not a great game for everybody, it is a great game for certain people. And my daughter's one of those people. So when we get to, hey, here's stuff we're playing, I'm going to cut to my chat with her because it was really cute listening to her talk about how much she loves it. So Yeah, that'll be good. So, so we'll put that on there at the end. But if for right- this show was Fathers of Grind, it's not cut it. <laughs> I might cut it. I might cut it. All right, let's move into uh, to headlines. Surprisingly, actually, I should be unsurprisingly, not a whole lot's happening. Not a whole lot's being talked about. I haven't seen a lot of breaking news. I'm still waiting for Nintendo to tell us what other major AAA first-party games coming out because I don't know of any. Now that Animal Crossing's out, what do you got, Nintendo? So far, nothing. Uh, Sony just put out some specs, which we'll get into here in a second, uh, to, I think, to kind of answer what we just heard from Microsoft a week or two before that about the Series X. So I'm going to have Jesse and Derek help us break those down. But real quick, wanted to mention one story I just saw today. We're recording this on Sunday, the 22nd. Um, I did see that GameStop has announced they are going to close their stores to customers. So you can't actually come into the physical location. They're going to do all digital uh, purchasing and then curbside pickup if you need to pick something up from your store as opposed to shipping. So they're going to do curbside stuff instead. I don't know. I think you can still get Corona on the curb, but whatever. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be probably a little safer than what they were doing before. So Still smart like because they're able to still stay open. And when I say that, like, we all knew they were going to be able to do digital. Everybody can do digital. But, like, um, there's a lot of people that still like to go to the store, like to buy from the store. So them having that option to at least 
keep the employees at the physical locations busy doing something. Because I, I talked to a rep like a couple of months ago. They closed down all their warehouses. So they're cutting a lot of stuff behind the scenes that a lot of us don't even know. Yep. And so anytime you buy from their online store, they ship it from an actual store, not a warehouse anymore. Yep. So yep. um, so this keeps them busy, keeps them working. So I'm happy about that. I mean, I was just there I, on I Friday to pick up Animal Crossing and the three employees that were there, I mean, they were being somewhat cheerful about it, I guess, but none of them wanted to be there. They were all not happy with the corporate decision to call themselves essential and keep them there. But, Do you think they crumbled to the pressure and that's why they've closed like everybody else? Well, I I think I think we so. were I think we were a little quick to judge them because when when somebody released I forgot which guy in the in the group released it because we all love, love the crap on GameStop and I don't do it, but like they released like came GameStop's uh, notice to the managers, all it was saying is that if cops come to your store to shut you down. They don't have the right to do it. You stay open. Like, that's all it was. Until the government mandates it, that's all they were. They were communi- communicating to all of their staff. No, until it's actually shut shut down or we shut it down, just tell the cops to go away. Like, we're still open. So I think that's important to communicate that. Now that there is that pressure, and it's not just GameStop. It's other companies are now... Monday has basically become, at least in Florida, but I think it's nationwide, this Monday has become shift how you do business because you can't do it the way you've been doing it. We're shutting everything physically down. You need to go digital. And that includes restaurants. Like I have a lot of friends. My pastor is a, a bartender and a lot of their staff at that. At that. Yeah, let's just skip on past that story. That little nugget. <laughs> but a lot of them, a lot of our friends work at that restaurant, and now that restaurant can't stay open. So, guys, I don't think Derek knows what a church is. My pastor church is, a is not a building, Tim. Church is the people. Uh, Jesse, do you think they caved? I mean, they just announced this. I think on the 19th was when they were like, we're staying open. Everyone keep your stores open. And then here we are three days later. And they're like, never mind, curbside only. I don't know. I I think that if they hadn't gotten the pressure that they received, they probably would have stayed open, to be honest. Hmm. I'd be willing to bet that if they actually did close their stores, they might not even be able to reopen them. So they're probably trying to keep as much business going as possible. Yep. Yeah, this feels like a fast forward for what was already happening. Like, I think they were already slowly but surely dying. It's been a painful thing to watch as GameStop slowly dies. Because I got to be honest, I know it's easy to crap on GameStop, as Derek was saying earlier. I've always liked going into their stores. I mean, I'm a gamer, of course. So the walls are just jam-packed with everything that I'm interested in. So I've always liked it. I never had an issue with the people that work there. I know there's always kind of that stereotype of the over knowledgeable or over nerdy or condescending like i've never had that they're always very nice i've always been able to get what i need i like doing trade-ins with some of their specials there like i don't know i've never had a problem with them personally but so i'm kind of sad to see them where they were overselling everything like if you would go in they would pressure you in because they were trying to upsell you there were seasons they did that they've backed off it or at least the stores i go to and i go to a lot i don't just go to one um, even though there is one particular store where I know everybody that works there, there the reason I like it is because we forget what life was like before EB and GameStop was. 
Try buying all your games from like Walmart and all them who aren't. They're a little more consistent now, but they were not consistent. GameStop was focused on games. Toy, Toys R Us so was the place yeah. I used to go. I used to yeah. go to Toys R Us to find games. And you would, if you pre-ordered something, they had it. Like yeah. you know, you and they have good deals. Do they do shady stuff? I will say this. I don't say this in like an arrogant way, but I pay attention to everything. I pay attention to deals. I pay attention to markups and markdowns. And GameStop does do that. Like if somebody's dr- having a sale and let's say the game's forty dollars, it's regularly sixty. It dropped it to forty. GameStop will charge you forty-five. They're always a little higher. Why? Because they're the known. They're the biggest retailer, so they're just trying to nickel and dime a little bit more. Um, but overall, they still, if you pay attention, offer really good deals, really good trade-in value. I want to have a place to trade in, even though I'm ninety-nine percent digital now. When I do have that 1% game, or if I have, like, for instance, I have over $700 right now in trading credit because I traded in a bunch of consoles I bought. And I almost came out even. Not quite. Of course, I took a loss, but I still came out pretty close with all the deals that I got because sometimes I'll buy games cheap and then trade them in and I'll make money off of them. Mm -hmm. So to have that option is important to me and to yeah. lose that or potentially lose that is huge yeah, i don't it, want it is that. a bummer yeah are there well, any I other do places that like do trade are there any other places that do, do trade-ins anymore like i, I know buy, best I think buy stopped, right yeah best buy has done some yep but i haven't traded at best buy in like three or four years and i used to go i chose best buy over gamestop for about two years because of their uh unlocked whatever gamers club unlocked yeah. or whatever yeah as soon as they canceled that i i pretty, pretty much stopped shopping at best buy yeah, yeah i haven't bought anything buy. In, yeah i haven't bought anything there in a while i think amazon has have they done some trade-in things where you can ship stuff in i can't remember if they have or not they do but i've never used it i've never tried I it like i don't like sending things off i'd rather walk in a store and just trade in and know what i'm getting I want to look a man in the eye before I give him my products. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, brother. You know who's really suffering right now during this whole thing? Derek is our truckers, our brothers in trucks. <laughs> <laughs> they actually probably have have, have uh, a lot of employment right now because there's uh, no idea getting sold out, man. Yeah, no clue. All right, well, let's move on to Sony and Microsoft. And I, I combined these. Now, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. There could be some he- headlines, and I'm forgetting. But for Sony and Microsoft, I think the two big headlines right now are the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. We're starting to learn a little bit more, a little bit more about each. So I'm curious, and Derek, you're going to take the role of our Sony pony today because Jesse, uh, Jesse's going to talk up from the perspective of Xbox. I'll be the, I wanna, I'll be the resident Xbox. I, I want to hear what each of you think about what um so jesse in your case microsoft what do you think about what they shared and how they shared it and the same thing derek with what we saw with both so jesse we'll start with you we already talked a lot about the details last week of the series x but in general what were your thoughts on what they shared and how they shared it i've actually appreciated the way xbox or microsoft has approached this they've pretty consistently over the past several months now been kind of feeding us information and there aren't really any secrets we've seen the device we know what it's capable of they've even shown us a game they're being very uh face fronting and open about what it is that they're selling us yep and 
what I like is that it, they keep on coming out with more information. It seems like every single month we're learning more and more stuff about the device. What did you think about the reveal at the Game Awards? It, feel, it felt really early. To, they went ahead and showed the console. Like, here's the box. That was interesting. I, I think it was bold. Yeah. Because they, they just kind of jumped right out in front of Sony and wanted to try to get that, like, plant their flag in the sand and be like, this is, we're taking it back. Yeah. And now it's three, we've known for three months now what the Series X looks like. And um, I think we've, I don't know if we've heard officially, but I've, I've heard some whisperings that Thanksgiving is relatively confirmed for when they're targeting. I don't know if that was actually official on their site or they not. Keep saying, they, they keep saying holiday 2020. Holiday 2020, okay. And then we saw the specs come out. Now, I'm not a super tech head, but I did watch kind of, I'll be honest, I did kind of uh, skim through it because it was a long video and I got a little bored. But I watched some of Digital Foundry's breakdown of the Xbox stuff. In general, you impressed? You excited? Does that do anything for you? Yeah, I, it looks like a beast. It looks like a very powerful, very powerful device. It's going to be the strongest machine, even though what Sony's doing, I think, will be able to do everything the Xbox will do. It'll just do it in different ways. But it's, yeah. it is the most powerful device. Gotcha. It is. Cool. And I, I to bring context, because uh, I talked about this in the past show, I was like, I don't understand why they keep talking about teraflops. Because when, you're, when you are a PC gamer and you're shopping for a PC... Nobody asks, like, so how many teraflops did you buy? Like, nobody asks <laughs> that, right? But that's that's what they're using to symbolize, like, hey, this is how powerful the GPU is. So I did, and I thought you guys would be interested in this, I did a little bit of research. I'm like, okay, so what does 12 teraflops mean? And what I mean by what does it mean was, what can I compare it to as far as a video card that I know the power of? Like, how many teraflops is that card? comparable my gtx 1080 which i which i've talked about plenty of times on this show our previous show runs mo runs every game at native 4k native 4k no no anything underneath it native 4k it runs most games at medium to ultra settings like right now i'm playing doom doom eternal i'm playing on ultra settings 60 frames per second native 4k and that game's pretty good game i'm not playing at the highest setting there's two other settings i haven't even tried them don't really care to it Wait, what's above way. ultra there's like two other ones the the highest ones like heavy metal like some some metal name <laughs> like hardcore heavy metal ultra i mean it makes sense with the names of their difficulty yeah. settings too so that makes sense but the actual one i chose and again i didn't switch it but i will try it is ultra and it's running smooth hmm. um but again to get to the point so I, I did a comparison. My GTX 1080 is nine teraflops. That's huge, guys. Like, then I went and looked at what a the highest, like this is NVIDIA cards, by the way. What's the highest one? Right now they have an RTX 20, 2080 Ti. That is the highest level you can get right now. It is 14 and a half, 14.8 teraflops. That's, again, we're talking about a card that can run 8K, uh, ray tracing, it can do all this. So when Microsoft and PlayStation come out and they say, I'm going to say, okay, PlayStation's a 10.28 teraflop. So we'll just say 10 to make it easy. Xbox is 12. That means they're easily going to run everything at native 4K, easily. 
and then they're going to be able to probably go higher. Like I said on the show before, we're looking at probably 6K, 7K. They're not going to hit 8K, native 8K on next-gen games, but they will be able to hit native 8K on this-gen games. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, everything that's been released so far will probably be native 8K. So anyways, I just wanted to give an idea, give everybody, you guys and our listeners an idea. This is super powerful. By the way, I didn't tell you, the RTX 2080 Ti is a $12 graphics card. Okay, so this is just up below that. So let's say it's a a $900 graphics card. That kind of put me in like, okay, how are you going to, I know they get everything cheaper. I'm not an idiot. They get everything cheaper. In fact, Microsoft probably is making their own or, well, I I know they're using Risen or whatever, but they have to have some type of partnership. Mm -hmm. Um, But they have to be getting these super cheap. If you guys want these boxes to be five, six $600, I don't know how they're getting this stuff this cheap, but I just wanted to give context. These are powerful boxes. The advantage that Microsoft kind of has is that they have the ability to sell these at a loss. They do. And yep. make it up elsewhere because they have so much worth they as do. it is right now. So am I understanding this right, that the teraflops specifically have to do with your graphics processing, right? Your refresh rates and your resolution and all that. How many so teraflops like, uh... are specific for, for visuals, right? Mm. Okay. What I thought was cool about Sony's, and we'll get into that too, was they really did double down on the audio piece, which you don't hear about a lot, but they're really going all in on making, and that makes sense because Sony creates a ton of audio products, and they have done that for decades, so that totally makes sense. Um, but I, I do like when the company can deliver really high-quality sound as well. Like, I want both. I really do. I want both. Now, it's not it's usually something that you think of when it's like, ooh, this console improved the sound in this way, but I kind of liked in the Digital Foundry Breakdown how they talked a little bit about the audio piece too. But for those who need a little context, IGN put out a pretty cool graphic that breaks down some of the main components um, between the two. And as I glance through the Xbox Series X and through the PlayStation 5 list, they seem fairly comparable, except maybe a 10 to 15% advantage on the Xbox side in most cases. Right, whether it's whether it's the memory bandwidth or the optical drive, uh, optical drive is the same. Uh, internal storage, um, things like that. Just a little bit of advantage in terms of just raw power, but it also some of the stuff I'll admit to you, I don't totally understand. Like I don't understand the different the difference between something with variable frequency or not. Do I even want to know? Probably not. So all I'm saying is I think both of these companies have pieced together their machines in slightly different ways. I think Jesse, you were getting at this. And yes, I think Xbox will have the raw power advantage, but I do also think that Sony's going to have quite an amazing and powerful box as well. I want to hear, Derek, your thoughts on how Sony delivered their message because I'll just give you my quick take on it. I thought it sucked. I don't know if you watched any of it or even saw any clips of it, but Mark Cerny talking, I I thought that was awful. But Well, and I've watched Cerny before, so I didn't bother. All I cared about was like what we were looking at. The now, numbers? The okay. Stats, right, right. Yeah. Because I watched him when they did the PS4 Pro, the introduction to it, and he was going over HDR and all that. I was like, oh, <laughs> God. And he's like, don't you see the difference? And I'm like, yeah, the hundred people in front of you do, but I can't, man. I'm right. on YouTube. Not over and they're YouTube. not letting me see it. And the and this was prior to YouTube like really going into HDR and 4K. But yeah. but like he's very bland, very boring. 
I don't have a problem with him personally uh, as far as, like, I n- understand he's a genius, and I can handle somebody being boring. And I don't think you need somebody to come out there and be like, oh, this is the PlayStation 5. I don't think you need that. But I also think you don't want to bore people to death. I understand it's a, a tech, like, reveal, but you still want to, like, I think you got to do more than just talk about the system. I think you got to show it. Hmm. And... So, but- with somebody, ahead, like, with somebody like Cerny talking, do you think that we, the consumers, were really the target audience? No, but I – well, I shouldn't say that. In the end, they're releasing We weren't supposed thing. to be originally, right? Well, this was supposed yeah. to be a GDC thing. I've yes. heard that talked about a lot. So I don't know if we were the original intended audience, but that shifted. And I think Microsoft has – has, they've just really nailed the way of communicating with gamers. They've just they've got it down. ever since Phil Spencer took over. Listen, for better or worse, the first party games. I understand Microsoft has struggled and a lot of that stuff. I get it. They've had all their struggles. I get it. But they they know how to talk to video gamers. I've seen it in E3s. I think year after year since Phil Spencer took over, and with their social media and with the YouTube videos. I think they do a great job at communicating with us and doing what we want. That being said. Even even when Sony kind of delivers this relatively bland, mostly for developers type presentation, people are still more pumped about the PlayStation. I think it just has to do with that brand recognition and yeah, it's just about mind share. They have the mind well, share. It's yeah. that, and I think it's also, um, you know, they're all invested in their first party. Like I heard, as soon as the stats came out, as soon as the stats came out, and Xbox fans were like, "We're more powerful." Pony, ponies were but we got the games okay but you got the games right but the only reason and people forget this everybody bought the ps4 for two reasons it was cheaper the messaging obviously but it was cheaper from the get-go and it was the more powerful system and i've talked about this on the show before that matters to me so when I see these stats, as somebody who's already an Xbox fan, but you, nobody can, if anybody listens to the show, not a single person can be like, he's an Xbox, really, because I play my PlayStation all the time, and all my favorite franchises are, a lot of them are on the PlayStation. But like, my thing is, is with with the PlayStation Four when it came out, it was cheaper, but it was more powerful, and most games. Most gamers play third-party games, and a lot of people want to play the best experience. So Microsoft can use this going into the next gen. They can use this power thing as as something to help sell somebody who's in-between. And there are more in-between gamers than we realize. You've got your clear ponies. You've got your clear Xbox. They know what they're buying day one, no matter if PlayStation came out and said, we have seven teraflops, and Xbox is like, we have 27. You already know which way they're going. But the people in the middle, they're like, okay, I'm I'm probably going to eventually get both, or maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm only going to get one. But I'm going to get the one that on launch that makes the most sense for me. Power does matter because third party is going to look better on whoever's more powerful. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Jesse, if you didn't learn anything else about you know new games from one or the other, just knowing what you know now, which system would you buy day one? Uh, likely Xbox, just because we actually know some of the games. Now, that could change come maybe June or July when they – Sony does whatever they were thinking about doing during E3 time, 
doing one of their directs or whatever, maybe they'll reveal some games for next year, and maybe I'll change my mind. But for right now, Xbox has Halo, Halo Infinite coming. The new mm-hmm. Hellblade is announced. I recognize that's probably a 2022 game, but it's announced. Well, I think so that will ex- be 2021. It depends. Yeah, it's hard to I say. Okay, that makes it's sense. So there's games that you're there's games hard. you're interested in. Right. And, it it always comes down to the games. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Derek, what about you? What if you had to buy one today, based yeah, on what you I know? Only get one right now. Right now, I'm gonna choose power right now. But I ha- I gotta tell you, and it's only because what what Jesse just said. Sony hasn't shown me anything. But as soon as they have a conference and they're like Horizon Zero Dawn two and all that, I'm gonna play PlayStation Five. You know, yeah, that's they dropped God of War two, Horizon Zero Dawn two, some new IP. Like they, I yeah. mean, got got to give me more than this Godfall game, which looks interesting. But they got to give me something I recognize and get pumped is for. That, is that actually an exclusive? I don't know. I think it's a console exclusive, but it's coming out day one on PC too. Okay. So and and what's crazy is that these two consoles are going to be more powerful than my PC. So I'm gonna have, either have to upgrade my PC or I'm not a PC master race gamer anymore. Wow. You're a, you're a lower race at that point. Whatever that's called. at least by the numbers. I'm sure if Lee was listening to our show, he'd be like, Derek, these numbers are an exaggeration. Blah blah blah. I'm sure he knows. He can read into it and figure it out. All right, one last question about this headline before we move on. Um, based on what you've seen so far, and so Derek, we talked about this a little bit, but I do want your take on it again. But Jesse, if you had to guess, how much do these cost this this holiday? Uh, somewhere in the 500 to 600 range. Do you think they'll think be? They can, do you think their prices think will be equal, that. or do you think one of them will undercut the other? What do you think? How do you think that's going? I gonna... think whoever announces second will undercut the first one. Mm, okay. And I think Xbox will announce first. It's like the day before. They're both waiting for each other. And the day before it launches, they're like, 500. <laughs> Here's what I think they're going to do. And I haven't heard anybody talk about this. Or, but I keep in mind, I don't listen to a lot of games media anymore because they're all trash. But um, I think they're going to be more expensive than we originally thought. Because I think we're now getting into... And Microsoft's already done this. I don't know if Sony will. So um, PlayStation 5 might just have a solid... whatever they're going to do. I think Microsoft might be like, yeah, we made a really powerful system because we're going to get money out of you. Yes, I agree with Jesse. They can take a loss. But I think what they're going to try to do is not have you, and this might be why they didn't allow pre-orders right away. They might be doing some type of monthly tie it into your Game Pass for this Xbox Series X. They might be trying to sell most of their systems that way. Um, and, and then maybe give a discount to those who pay for all of it up front. So maybe it's six or $700 for somebody who wants to pay for it all up front or 30, $35 a month. You mean almost you get... like an old school phone deal where you, you're paying yes. for it over the next two years. That's I'm what sure. I'm wondering if that's what they're, they're going to announce in that E3 timeframe. Like, Hey guys, we're coming out in the fall. Uh, you can pre-order and pay it off in full. Here's it is. It's seven hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars, or you can or do per month, month with a two-year agreement or whatever. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Okay. They've already tested that, yeah. that process with the Xbox One X. They did that. They had some mm-hmm. sort of installment deal. Hmm. Yep. Okay. But I think they're gonna try to make this more prevalent it's just like an iphone would we would any of you guys really own an iphone if you had to pay twelve hundred dollars up front no probably not i wouldn't 
I wouldn't. Mm. But the the cell phone companies have marketed it and and sold it to you in some genius ways where you're like, 20 bucks a month? I can do that. That's what they're doing. That's the whole point of this Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah. You're paying for online, free free games, and they're going to tie in their system. And I guarantee they're going to get people like like somebody like Jesse, who I'll let him speak for himself, obviously, but we've had so many conversations. He doesn't normally buy a console day one. That no, might no. be the way they get him to buy a console day one. Hey, Jesse, you don't have to give us seven or $800 right now. Why don't you just give us $30 a month and you can play Halo Infinite day one? Yeah, I would Comes probably with completely it. in on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's pretty, that'd be pretty smart, I think. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. I do think they'll both land right at 500 I think whoever goes first, the other one will meet their price. Well, Tim, would you do it if I if I told you, hey, I'll build you a PC with an RTX 2080 Ti, pay me $30 a month for two years or t- five years? Yeah. You would that, probably do a, it. If you saw what it would do, up. you'd probably yeah. be like, okay, I'll do it. And that'd be a hard one to pass up. So, yeah. I, well, one, one... Compared to me saying, give me $3,000 right now, and I'll build it for you. No, I'll, I'll pass. One aspect of this that from uh, Microsoft's side that we don't know much about yet is that worst kept secret, the Lockhart system also. So they could have one that's six hundred fifty, seven hundred dollars yeah. and then have Lockhart at four hundred. But that's where now you have to go, okay, what's the twelve teraflops? Is that are these specs? Are these specs the higher end, which I imagine it is. I would imagine it is. So then what's what's this lower end? Yeah, how many teraflops am I losing? Exactly. Yeah. And that does make a difference. Like, yeah, you might be like, okay, I'm only paying five hundred for the system, but if you're just getting an Xbox One XX where it's just a little bit of a bump up, which I think a Xbox One X, by the way, is like six teraflops. Yeah, that's actually a pretty substantial jump from the Xbox One S. That is. Okay, so um, I wonder, though, if those code names had to do with the way that they might end up distributing it and less about the power difference. Maybe one version is you buy it straight up in the store, full price, it's yours. The other one's more of the subscription model that maybe they have to program and set up in a slightly different way. Maybe it's not. By the way, I really think if anybody does subscription, it's going to be Xbox. I don't think PlayStation will. I think PlayStation 5 will stay at 500. They're not going to be 400. I'd be shocked if they can sell this system for 400. And Jesse hit it, hit the nail on the head earlier when he said, Microsoft can technically take a loss. They don't want to. There's nobody that's going to sit in a board meeting. I don't care how popular Phil Spencer is, and he's going to go, look, guys, we got to kind of get Microsoft or Xbox back on. Can we sell it at a loss? They're going to be like, no. Come out even. You got to show me how you can get us money. So PlayStation 5 can't do that. Sony can't do that. PlayStation's where they make their money. That's how they stay afloat. They can't go, oh, well, we can take a $100, $200 loss on each one. And again, I understand... Yeah. They t- they get these systems made at a huge discount discount because they buy it in bulk and they probably uh, have their hands in some of the equipment that they buy. They yeah. might even manufacture it themselves. Yeah, they but use I, slaves across the the ocean. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Do you um, think there's hopefully. do you think there's any chance that since Microsoft is capable of financially taking that hit, that they just pressure Sony and release it at like four fifty? And say, beat that, Sony. That'd be amazing. I don't think they'll go that low. I get what you're saying. I, I, now that the specs are out, 
Phil and his team know how much Sony spent around about. Like they've got the numbers in their head. Okay, this cost. Let's say they they say it costs them seven hundred dollars to make it. So or six hundred to make it. So they're probably thinking in their head they're gonna probably sell this for five five fifty. I think the lowest Phil and his team would go is what he thinks the lowest Sony will go. I think he's fine with just being on par. Um, I do think they will release their number first, which is a little risky because they are behind. But I do think in the last few years, they've gained a lot of popularity. They've won a lot of... I've noticed it even in our group. I know it's smaller, but I've noticed it in a lot of gaming groups. It, in, in early parts of this gen, it was bash Xbox. I mean, Xbox was almost EA. Like, it's it's just what you did. You bashed them if you were talking about consoles. Now I'm seeing a lot more people that just own a PlayStation are like, and like I said, in our group where I'm like, I'm considering it an Xbox One S or an Xbox One X because of Game Pass. So there's a lot of people that are considering moving over to the Xbox One. So he's already doing a great job. I think if he can come out on par with PlayStation 5, and here's the big thing. This is huge. And again, I know a lot of people are biased, so even if they released amazing stuff, they won't admit it. They got to start showing us more than just Halo and Gears. I and, and even though I want a Fable 4, and I do, show me more than Fable 4. I want new IPs that are, yes, I want your co-op and your multiplayer games, but give me some good single-player emotional games with fun combat and really heavy on the story-driven and RPG mechanics. That's what I want from Xbox. Do it their own way. They don't have to mirror PlayStation because PlayStation's kind of copying and pasting themselves a little too much. But, But do it their own way, but start moving in that direction more. Yep. Isn't that the goal of the initiative? Aren't they supposed to be making their quadruple A games? Yeah, I mean, I know they've got... Here's the thing. As somebody who's followed Xbox a lot in the last, what, 15, 20 years, whatever they've been doing this, I would say I don't fully trust them, even under Phil, when they're like, we've got games coming, because he's been saying that for like three or four years, and it's like probably longer than that, for four or five years. And he's shown some good stuff, and I've seen some good games, but... I won't believe anything they say until they they actually launch or start showing these games. Because I've heard now, we've got this many studios working on this. I think the last time they did a presser, right? That's what he said. He was dropping numbers like, we've got this many studios working on this many games exclusive to Xbox or console exclusives, exclusives to Xbox One or Xbox One Series X or whatever. So he's done this before until I see him and I'm interested in him because he could be talking about like card games and stupid crap that I don't give a crap about. Mm-hmm. I want to see good stuff. Once I see that, then I'll be like, all right, cool. Yeah, there's a lot I'm of power for them. There's a lot of power in actually showing what you've got on the way as opposed to just talking about the system itself. So I'm glad the technical specifications are out there. I'm looking forward to like release dates and prices we're talking about. But I'm most interested in what games are coming to these things that I'm gonna that's gonna make me so excited to go out and spend that much money on a box because you're gonna have stuff on there that I just cannot wait to get my hands on. That's one reason why I'm still hesitant on going all in with the Series X, at least just yet. I'm gonna play Halo. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the next um, 
the Senua Saga game. I can't wait for that. But I can also play those on the X, as far as I know. As far as I've heard, we'll be able to play those on the X as well. I'm quite yep. happy with the way games perform there. So until that changes or until they give me a real reason, right now I'm personally leaning towards the PS5 unless I'm unless I learn otherwise. So um, I will say this. I loved the way that um, uh, Nintendo, when they showed the Switch, of course it's not a, a very strong console. Of course it's not. We all know that. It's a weaker console. They didn't talk specs though. And I understand why. They just showed us how it worked. Like, hey, look how cool this thing is going to be when you can take it on the go. You can plug it into your TV. It's seamless. It's just like that. And they came up with this catchy little snap sound when you when you uh, remove the switch from the dock and all that. They showed it to you. That was their reveal. And I thought that was really brilliant uh, looking back on it because I think they've really fumbled. They totally fell on their face with the Wii U with the way they revealed that. And this was because they tried to – you guys remember they did like a demo reel of mm-hmm. look at the graphical power of the Wii U. And it's like, oh, okay, is that a Wii with a tablet? What is that thing? So anyway, all that to say I can't wait till they start showing us more. That's why I'm glad Xbox showed us here's what the box looks like. And I'm glad it was consumer friendly. It wasn't just dev friendly. It was, hey, this is going to be flashy like a trailer. So I like what Xbox is doing. I'm just – I'm still holding out because my Xbox One X is still working. for both. Like, I, I'm definitely going to get both. I mean, yeah, that's so will I. Not a <laughs> surprise. And then my goal is to get both day one. So I'm excited. Okay. All right. Well, Nintendo did have a Nintendo Direct, but don't get too excited, everybody. It was just one of those indie directs. So it wasn't real games. Am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> skip this. Skip this. We're already an hour into Yeah, we can move on. Trash. You guys both suck. All right, I just wanted to highlight a couple that I'm excited about that I think even someone like Derek would find interesting. Uh, the first one that jumps to mind is called Baldo. It looks yeah, it just like, like a, game. it does look kind of like, <laughs> yeah, the title's awful. But if you had just heard the title uh, Nino Kuni, you would have no interest in it either until you saw it and you tried it. Baldo looks a lot like Nino Kuni. It's got that awesome anime um visual to it um this is i think going to be a timed console exclusive i think is how they phrased it so it'll be on the switch um later this summer but it's an action rpg it's open world very really very very pretty game and it looks like um probably pretty simple to play but really pretty game other than that there was a whole bunch of other things that look interesting ish uh blue fire um this game called uh freak apocalypse there's a bunch that look really interesting and funny at times. The Last Campfire, that's the new game from Hello Games, right? So they're not just doing No Man's Sky. They're doing this little indie game called The Last Campfire. But I got to be honest with you, even as someone who loves indies, you guys know this about me. I like little games. I like spending 10, 20 bucks on something, getting, you know, five, six hours of it, and I'm happy with that. That's fine to make fun of it. I get it. There's not much here that I got excited about. And this is even coming from someone who goes out of his way to try to get excited about indie games. The only one left that i'll mention is called eldest souls it looks a lot like uh, an isometric souls game because it's got like a boss rush style to it um with souls like bosses and stuff like that so okay eldest souls other than I that i will say uh, all the little indie like souls type games i've not liked any of them oh yeah that's fair yeah because you tried you tried titan souls back in the day like yes, that was the one where, like, when we were in Beyond and stuff, I was like, this guy's a freaking nerd. Because I tried it. <laughs> this is before we were friends. Like, I don't even think we were really... That game was so hard, dude. That game and was you not You kept easy. talking about it, and I was like, oh, God, what a try hard. <laughs> Such <laughs> trash. And here we are, and I'm still trying hard. 
<laughs> uh, they're yeah, big, overall, oh, by the way, at the like very them. end, they did a, but we have one more thing. And I was like, oh, okay, this might be something interesting. And it's the sequel to Enter the Gungeon. It's called Exit the Gungeon, and it's available now. That was their big reveal. Again, not, not really my thing. But if you like arcade multiplayer shooters, I guess that's your thing. All right, but go ahead and watch the indie thing if you are interested no, in that. We are not going to talk don't. about. We're, we're not going <laughs> to talk about this anymore. We're going to move on to our game for the evening. I've got for Jesse and Derek. We'll see how they do with video well, games. I, I want to say games of the evening because there's a couple games I want to talk with Jesse about. Oh no, but this is an actual game we're going to play right now. Oh. Video <laughs> game. It's video game. Twenty five questions. Oh my god. All right, Derek and Jesse. I've got a game that you've got to figure out what it is. You've got 25 questions. Since there's only two of you, I thought I'd give you a few more questions since okay. there's not three of you. Because, uh, oh, by the way, Daniel isn't here because he and his wife just purchased a house and they're moving in all weekend, got no internet yet. So very excited for them. But I was planning – we knew Jesse was going to join us, so I was planning on having all three of you do the guessing. So anyway, threw a couple extra questions on there. Go for it. you got 25 questions to guess the game that I have Jesse, selected. Jesse, you want to ask first? Sure. Did this release after July 1st, 2000? Yes. Okay. Is it a console exclusive? No. Okay. All right. I was just trying to look. Yeah, no. I was trying to look to see if it was at the time. It's definitely okay. not now, I can tell you that. So you can only answer with yes and no, right? Yeah. I forgot how this game works. Okay, um, is it a single-player game? Yes. Did it review high, like 90 or better? Yes. Did it come out January 1st, 2010 and beyond? Yes. Is this on a Nintendo platform? No. Not a console exclusive. Okay. Um, Is it first person? No. So third person. On both well, PlayStation and Xbox. Okay. And does it have a male protagonist? I can't answer that. That means it's a character <laughs> creation. Yeah. Okay. So it must be an RPG then if it's character creator. Okay. Well, ask if it's an RPG. Is this an RPG? Yes, it is. Sure. Does it take place in a... Actually, do you use any kind of gun? Yes. How many questions we at? You have nine. You're at nine questions so far. You guys are doing good. So what what RPGs would you use guns in? So Fallout, you might. Okay. Mass Effect. Um, all them. Mass Effect, yep. Okay, so did this game come out on the PS4? I think we already know that, don't we? Well, we asked if it was 2010 and beyond, so I'm trying to close the gap. I don't, last I don't think it was released as a PS4 game, no. 
that game's that those kind of questions are tricky these days because you can now oftentimes play PS3 and well, 360. Is it on, well, is I don't, it? Well, I don't. It was originally released on the PS4. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking PS3, Xbox, Xbox 360 game, RPG. Is this uh, game a part of an established series? Yes. Okay. So, so it can still be does it take place in space at all? Yes. So I think it's Mass Effect. Like yep. one of the Mass Effect games. That was uh, 15, yep, to 15. Um, is, I think. Okay. Is it, it, you're just doing one game, right? You're not doing a series? Yep. It, is this game part of a franchise? Didn't you already ask that? Yeah, of? I asked if it was part of an established series, and he said uh, yes. Yeah. Is, uh, this so the, is this the first in the series? No. That's 16. But again, you guys got up to 25, so you've still got like eight more questions and then a guess. You got plenty. Trying to think. Is this a Bioware oh. game? Yes. Okay. So it's probably so it's Mass Effect. Yeah. Probably Mass Effect too. Yeah, okay. seventeen. So let, let's try to figure out. Okay, so it's not Mass Effect. So it has. Oh no, because Andromeda came out on the PS4, so it has to be Mass Effect two or three. Yeah. Um. Does it have a two in the title? <laughs> Is that a question <laughs> you're allowed to ask? Yes or no? <laughs> huh. I think there's a better way to phrase that question. Is it the second game? And I don't think you can ask like, does it have a, does it have an M? Does it have an A? <laughs> <laughs> is it the second game in a franchise? Sure is. All right, so my guess is Mass Effect Two. Yeah, I'll second that guess. You guys Mass got Mass it, Mass Effect Two. I'm actually nice kind of surprised you picked that because uh, you didn't even play the Mass Effect trilogy. I I did not get really into that series, but I knew both you guys loved those games, so I figured I'd pick something that you both like. We got there in 20, didn't we? You got there in less than 20. You got there. That was 19. Was your guess? So and we, if we would have just guessed early, I think we got it at like 11 or. <laughs> yeah, right around 12. right around 10. You guys were already on the scent. So nice okay. work. Nice work. All right, it's time to move on to stuff that we are currently playing. We've got a lot to talk about in terms of... It really depends on how talkative Jesse and Derek are about these games. Come on, you um, know how I am. I, I do. On. I do indeed. I uh, just wanted to say real quick, on Neo 2, before we get into Ori and Doom, we're going to talk about those. On Neo 2, uh, I, I hit a bit of a dead end, really only on like the second boss, I think. Um, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. I just need some help. I've, my AI partners aren't getting the job done. I think I need a human... Uh, really? Help. It's that second. It's that second boss, the Anenra guy. Trying to beat him on the first try, but go ahead. Did you really? Yeah. Dude. Well, I mean, so... I had I had an AI guy, but he died probably halfway through the battle, and I still still was able to beat him. I I don't know what it is, but something about this guy, he just he just destroys me. But anyway. It sounds um, like this one's a lot harder than the first one. You know what, though, and it really it, it is, but it isn't because of what we talked about. Jesse, I don't know if you listened to our show last week. What I talked about was the way the systems are built. It almost feels like I'm playing a really fast Code Vein, which, by the way, I went back and played Code Vein today. 
don't like it as much because it's so slow and sluggish when I'm used to to Neo too. Um, yep. But but it's a lot like I I kind of like how they did this game where it's like for those who want to play something ridiculously hard and do it by themselves, even with this RPG leveling up system built in, it's still difficult. Like you would have to grind for the rest of your life to be able to get get these enemies and bosses the way the the levels are designed to where they're just chumps right like in in the very beginning like the first very first mission you do when you you boot up neo 2 um you face in in timsalm there's this horse guy you don't have to fight him because you're not even close to his level well i, I tried and died real fast yeah I think in the second mission, now he ends up being the main boss in the first mission, so you do have to fight him. But in the second mission, he shows up again, or one of these side missions I did, he shows up again, and I soloed him like nothing. Why? Because my character leveled up, and he wasn't that difficult. I already knew his patterns, and now when I actually hit him, I was taking off a lot of damage. So is it hard? Yes, if you want to play it completely solo, but the point I was trying to make is... The, the systems they have in place, it's so easy to play co-op. You can play with an AI co-op. You can play with an AI and a real person. You can play with two real people. Like, you can have up to three people. Because I was wondering why I felt like Neo 2, even though it's more polished looking, you can tell, at least for me, because you guys know I'm a graphics whore, it's not as pretty it's a little bit more jaggy it's not as clear as what i would say like the p counts are definitely to me it feels lower and i think it's because they had to program having more players on the screen um because i did uh experience some drops in the frames per second with three of us running around fighting on the on the on the on the screen but neo 2 is amazing um it is frustrating at times but overall my experience because i'm and i said this before i have nothing to prove to anybody i can beat these games i know the system i know how to play them but i don't want to rage anymore i get angry real fast so with this game i'm just grabbing ai partners all the time and i'm just um grinding 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 and then when i fight the boss I beat them in one try, and I'm like, oh, I'm having fun. See, and I wouldn't confess this if I really gave a crap what anybody thinks. Like, oh, he's playing this game the easy way. I don't care. I've done it before. I'm playing it's this because tough. it's just a fun game. It, it's, it's still tough. It's still tough. Yeah. I still die. But it's a lot but it's of fun. Not... I see the combat is fantastic. And like, you played, you played yeah, Code Vein, right? Oh, it's way better. Well, yeah, he played Code Vein, but it's way better. I think it's way better. Than I loved Code Vein. Yeah, Code Vein has its has its pluses for sure. I think Neo 2 is really fine-tuned. It plays really well. Yes, you will die a lot. But what I also like about it is the environments, especially Mission 2, it starts to open up a lot more where you've got all these different paths to get from point A to point B. You don't have to go down this one road, and you have to beat these enemies a certain way. I found a certain way. Like Derek had talked last week about being stuck, where he was facing off with multiple enemies in a way that was just too hard to get through. So when I've got to that spot he's talking about, I actually found a way you can break through a couple boxes, go around the back of a house, and just kind of start pulling them towards you one at a time. Um, and if you do it the wrong way, your AI partner will go too close, and then they'll start bringing in all the other enemies. you got to be careful. But anyway, 
there are ways around using the environment to make sure you don't get uh, overwhelmed because it is really easy to get overwhelmed in that game. But anyway, I I am enjoying it. I am stuck on that second uh, boss at the moment. I've only I think I've tried him four times and I've died uh, well, with air. We'll have to co-op one time, like this this coming up weekend or something like that. We'll have like next week or something. We'll have to co-op it. But it's it's right now it's probably my favorite like it's up there with like bloodborne it's one it's of my really good I, I recommend it to everyone who likes any from software game um it's it's fantastic so good. So um good. all right the other two games that just came out that i really want us to talk about i know ori has been out for getting close to two weeks now right because it came out on the 11th does that sound right mm-hmm. um yep. and then doom just dropped on friday um by the way uh at the end of our conversation here i will uh, I'll drop in the audio of my daughter talking about Animal Crossing because it's super cute. And if you like Animal Crossing, you get to hear her kind of nerding out about a little bit. So we'll talk about that. But let's talk about Ori and Doom. Jesse, I want to start with you on Ori. What do you think about Ori and the Will of the Wisps? Uh, game is a masterpiece. It's fantastic. But I will say the end of Will of the Wisps was very frustrating. They this. <laughs> Two, there's two parts in particular that I won't uh, spoil, but one of the areas, it's just the way they designed the level, I thought was horrible. And then the... Give me a le- hint on what you're talking about. Just like a hint. Cursed Hearts. Okay, I don't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and then the final, the last phase of the final boss made me want to throw my controller at the TV. <laughs> Just the way, just the way that section was designed, it it really frustrated me. Okay. But ninety percent of my time in that game was glorious. Mm -hmm. There you go. It's improved over or in the Blind Forest in every single way. Nice. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's so good. I'm. I think I'm at like the 30-something percent. You know, at the beginning, if you load back in, it'll tell you yeah. your percentage. I think it, yep. mine's it's like 32% or something like that. Uh, I just got – I just right. – uh, well, you finished it with 71%, you said? Yeah. Okay. So I was just trying to give you an idea of where you're I'm at. You're probably – Close to halfway. Yeah. Um, but I, ju- I just defeated uh, Mora, this evil spider yep. thing. That boss fight ticked me off. But um, anyway, I just had a lot of trouble with it for whatever reason. And then Did once it I learned chug at all though? Did you chug Dude, at all? Mine chugged. I actually clipped through the wall in that on that So fight. I was gonna tell you I have had so many performance issues since we last talked with this game. Yeah, and I hadn't. Up to that point I had been crystal clear. Up to that point in the game I hadn't had any issues. Now all of a sudden I've I've had a number of issues. I did clip through the wall as well. Interesting you said that. Mm-hmm. I also had this issue where it started flashing real bright and then the whole screen not the whole screen the whole visible part of the level and your characters just goes black. You can still see the yep. HUD, the health and everything, and it's just black. Yeah, I had that happen. What's funny is that when that happened to me, I actually, an achievement popped saying that I beat that boss without uh, taking any damage. They gave me an achievement for not even doing the thing. <laughs> well done. Good job. Good job. Good job. Yeah. You blacked out and so did the boss. Yeah. yeah. Now, to their credit, I think they have created some nice and very friendly checkpoints, even during boss battles. So that that spider boss battle kind of has three phases, really. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your opening fight with it, and then there's a little bit of a chase. It's not very long. And then there's a second part of the fight. 
and uh, they give you a checkpoint to make sure that you can make it through each of those sections, which I liked. I thought that was nice that they did that because yep. the first part gave me some trouble. And once I figured it out, then that little chase sequence wasn't too bad. I got through that pretty quick. And the second part of the fight was really where I had some struggles because uh, slight spoilers here. There's a part where everything goes black. And if you don't have that light power on, you're going to die. And that that got me a few times in a row. Yeah. I couldn't figure out the best way to handle that. Uh, but anyway, once I figured out a good pattern where to stay and where I could stay near a blue crystal to keep that thing powered, then I figured then it was easy. But anyway, all that to say, I'm having a blast with it. The technical issues have cropped up for me now, even on the Xbox One X that we talked about last week. How Derek, you were having issues on PC, I think you said. Yeah, and I experienced experienced some on the Xbox One X. Yeah, but it wasn't as noticeable. I do want to say this. They did patch the PC version. I ended up finishing the game Saturday night, and I played it for the rest of the four hours or whatever I played Saturday night, three or four hours. Um, I played it on PC, and it ran pretty good. I only had that sound glitch once, where, and I think it was when I was first booting up the game. I was like, oh, great. They didn't fix this where it went. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And then after that, everything was fine. Um well, it's off to a so, rough start when even at the beginning when it's starting to load and Ori is running on the screen, even that starts to chug and slow down. Yeah. As everything's loading. I'm like, guys, this is a bad sign that your yeah, little opening so, animation is even chugging. So here's here's what I want to say about this game. Because I'm and I felt this way about uh what is it, Blind Blind Force. Yeah, Blind Force. I keep forgetting their names. But like I think these two games are absolutely amazing like i think they're the best platformers I've ever played like i if you're like oh what would you take mario or that i'm taking ori all yeah. day every day there's no game platforming game out there that's better that being said i'm going to say my experience with this one was just as frustrating if not probably more frustrating than blind force and i had my issues with blind force um and it was towards the end. Like, I was coasting. The first eight hours of this game, I was, like, playing it and having fun. No issues. And then I ran into that uh, glitch or whatever, or what I thought was a glitch, or because I thought I screwed up. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, I was legit scared. Oh, you thought like, you got like, an area that you weren't supposed to get to yet? And yeah. Because I, I, right. I didn't say this on the show, and I don't even think I said it on my post. I was in a water area, trapped underwater, and I had not unlocked the ability to breathe underwater. So I had to swim and get to air pockets and I was trapped where like I didn't have enough time to swim to an air pocket and then get anywhere. So I just kept dying, 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 dying. So anyways, I figured it out. It wasn't a glitch. It wasn't I got into the area too early. Like you shouldn't be there because I didn't have all the uh, abilities unlocked to really do anything. But there was a, an ability I didn't know I had already unlocked or I had a, access to that actually helped me get there until Tyler from our groups told me, hey, did you try this? And I went and did it, and I was like, oh, my God, thank you. So that was the, my first issue, but I'm not going to blame the game for that. After that, though, like I played a few hours. It was good. The last five or six hours of this game, I basically had to like keep going to a walkthrough because I would get to an area, and I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what direction I'm going. I don't know how to do. Like, I'm trapped. And so it it became frustrating because I was like, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. And so whenever it gets like that, I get angry at a game. 
And I'm not not blaming the game. I will take responsibility. I don't think I'm smart enough to play these games. And that's not me saying I don't think I'm smart. I think I'm smart. These type of games, like, I just get overwhelmed because there's so much happening so fast. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, did, I don't did know you what they wanted me to do. Kind of turned around and lost in Ori. I got lost. Uh, when the game opens up, and I don't think this is a spoiler. There's a part in the game where they basically, because a lot of games do this, where they're like, you have to collect these. I'm not even going to say what they are. Three or four things. And I'm like, oh, God. And I thought I was getting towards the end of the game. I'm like, oh, God. It's doing that Zelda thing. Go collect these three or four things. <laughs> when I had to do that, that's when I got frustrated because I, they show up on the map. Like, they put the little logos. And they're all on the outer part of the map. Yeah. Like, not even close to anything I explored. So I was, like, overwhelmed trying to get all those I actually, see, did you have that same issue of kind of like getting turned around when you were playing? A couple times, yeah. But I did, I did find the map to be pretty intuitive. I, I could Good. usually. It helped me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I was once I if I did get lost, I was usually able to consult the map and find my way fairly easily. What do you guys think about all the new upgrade and purchase systems? There's a whole bunch of stuff you can buy and upgrade along the way. Um, there's lots of different stuff to use. Yeah, I thought about? that was great. I love the fact that they put a system in place that if you, uh, in a way, grind, you can make your experience a little bit easier. Besides just putting the game on easy. You can yeah. you can actually play it on normal or hard or whatever and then make that a little bit easier for yourself. Yeah. And play for um, your playstyle too, right? Those shards you equip could be like, hey, I'm all about defense or offense or navigation yeah. or whatever. And you can adjust them for whatever um, situation you're in. So I actually liked it a lot. It did add to some confusion too because there were certain things that you had to use that I didn't even think about. Like there was one that I, again, I unlocked, didn't even know I unlocked. And if I didn't go through and just look at it, I would have been screwed at the end of the game. And that was, I forgot what it is, the special ability to uh, absorb your energy and turn it into health. Yep. And there was another area at the end where I was, you die, right? And I, it reboots you and I only had four health. I'm like, I can't get through this area without getting hit. So I keep dying. And it wasn't until like probably 10, 15 minutes of me continuously dying that I went and I was like, well, let me just see what I have. And I was like, I have that energy thing. I didn't know I had unlocked it because I just buy stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so then I absorbed it, filled myself with health, and I was able to get through it. Yeah. So uh, there was a, it adds to the confusion for me, but also because, again, again, this is why I don't blame the games. I think I'm fair. I don't read and I don't pay attention. I'm just like, buy it, oh, yeah, whatever. It's on sale, buy it. But um, but I, I would say overall my experience is I think this game is absolutely amazing, but it's not it's not my type of game as far as it's not what I'm good at. And I said this with Blind Forest. Like I respect it. They're my favorite uh, platformers, but how many platformers do I play? I don't even really like Mario games really anymore. Um, yeah. I am, I appreciated Mario Odyssey. I enjoyed my time with it, <clears throat> but those are not my favorite type of games. These games draw me in with their with their art style, with their music, with their stories, which I'm about to talk to you in a second without spoiling it. 
and the gameplay is overall really tight. I did have some issues where I like I pushed that button. Like there's yeah. a um, a chase. It was the last chase I well second the last chase I did. It was a pain in the ass because every was time it, you was it the worm? up, yes. Every time you screw up, it starts you all the way in the beginning. I'm like, I beeping hit that button. <laughs> you didn't read it. Like, I'm talking to the screen. I hit that button, you piece of And I was pissed. Um, but uh, what I wanted to end my, my, my uh, opinion on this it was the story. I really want to touch on this because if anybody's on the fence or, or, or maybe they are playing it and they're like overwhelmed by how, how hard it is. Even if they're playing on easy, it's not easy on easy, by the way, guys, <laughs> very hard, still hard. <laughs> um, I would say this game is one of those games coming from somebody who doesn't really care about story as much as he used to, that it's 100% worth getting towards the end, the payoff. And I didn't feel that way. Cause I even said it on the show. I was like, ah, I feel like blind force had the better story. I think Blind Force had a good story. I actually think the ending, without spoiling it to this one, maybe other people were like predictable or I figured it out. I didn't know it was going to do what it did. And I was like, the way I, I can't explain it. Cause yeah, don't, don't part, spoil it. I won't. I won't. There's a part that some people will, might say, well, they, they show it. It's predictable. But the very, very end, and I think Jesse will know what I'm talking about. There's something that happens that I'm like, oh, that's it's one of those things where it's like that's super cool. Yeah, like, I you, like that you did that. So did you cry a little bit or a lot? No, it wasn't emotional at all. I know he's not. Daniel. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Daniel, Jesse, you, can Jesse, I what say you... this while Daniel's on the show? You're a wuss, Daniel. Like, you're the biggest wuss. You're a wuss, bro. <laughs> so so rough, Jesse. Uh, your thoughts on the story and and the, the way they did characters and stuff in this one? Well, so one thing I want to touch on with the characters was so in this one they they actually give you like a little bit of a home base. Mm-hmm. And you have one character that does you like collect though that ore or whatever mm-hmm. and he goes and builds things. I thought that was a very cool addition to this game that yeah. wasn't something that was in Blind Forest. You have this And the ore you have to go out, you have to seek it out. It's hard to find. Right. Yeah. So you have this like village of all honestly pretty interesting characters and these little yeah. monkey things that kind of, like hang out and run around. And the story is very strong. Do I think it's better than Blind Forest? Uh, I don't know. I think they're pretty on par, to be honest. Both stories are crushing, that, yeah. depressing. <laughs> they kind of, they kind of have an old school fairy tale vibe to them, um, and I really like that about them. Like, and I mean, like the older, darker fairy tales, not like the the happier Disney versions you get a lot, a lot of times today. And I think that's what intrigues me about about both of these is it's got this kind of ancient fairy tale vibe to it and i really like it i like it a lot i like the heaviness of it i like the you know your character ori is this little pokemon looking creature of light and it's surrounded other than a few friends a few allies surrounded by just evil darkness everywhere trying to kill it and it's just i don't know it's very dark and foreboding for such a cute little character and i love it i love that juxtaposition i think it's great and the Let story of say this yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say about the story. Yeah. And since you haven't finished it, I, I think the reason why I'm more impressed with the second one over the first one is because the first one 
catches you off guard in the very beginning, right? Yeah. Um, and then it finishes it off, I would say, very strongly with even another twist. And it, again, anybody who's listened to our show knows I love like twists. I like yeah. when you get me thinking one thing and then you you catch me off guard. Yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking, right? The end of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. second one, the reason why I said last week, I was like, well, I don't think this story will match up, is because there's no nothing crazy in the beginning. It's kind of a, just a predictable story. And again, yeah. The thing that I respect is the fact that they were able to do what they did in the second one as you play through it and as you get to the end and you, it plays out and you're like, you did it again. And see, <laughs> that's why I love Bioshock. And I've always said that is you did it again. I, I respect you if you do it one time. I love and adore you if you can knock it yeah. off two yeah, or no, three Yeah, that makes times. sense. That makes sense. So I think if you get to it, and again, Tim and I aren't twins, but I think, Tim, you'll see what I mean. Once you get through it, I think you'll you'll respect the game even more than you already do, or you'll love it even more than you already do, because you'll be like, they did it again. The way yeah. they are able to tell these stories and catch yeah. you off guard and kind of get you thinking one thing or maybe not even thinking it at all. Yeah. And then going, oh, that's really cool that you did that. Yeah, the opening of the first Ori game was pretty much kind of like the story of uh, the opening of Up, remember the movie Up from Pixar, mm-hmm. where it's almost its own little encapsulated, like really cute, but also super tragic story that it tells right there. Yeah. But of course, you you realize it's just the small little prologue to a much bigger story where they're going to tie everything together for you. So... That's what I loved about that. I don't expect that with the second one. Like you talked about earlier, and I won't get into too many details, but the second one doesn't have that same level of um, uh, desperation, I guess you could say, at the beginning. There's, it's just a little different, and that's totally fine. I don't want them to mimic exactly what they did in the first one. So I'm totally yeah. loving it. It's a blast to play. I agree with you that, especially in terms of like action platformers where fighting is also involved, it's it's right up there with my favorites, if not my favorite. I don't always love all the different jumping and, and traversals, traversal sections, but sometimes that's because it gets really challenging and I get tired of dying. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's just a lot of the same stuff. There is a lot of pieces that are repeated, and that's okay. They want you to get good at the different skills they've given you. It's not a knock on the design. I just don't always prefer to do the same thing over and over again. So just real quick, you compared it to something like Mario. A mm-hmm. lot of older Mario games did that too. A lot of repetitive, jumping over the same things, dodging the same enemies. That's what I love about a lot of the new Mario games is they introduce a ton of new mechanics. You do it for a little while, and then that's it. You can always come back to that section if you want to use that mechanic again, but they move on to something new. So I will say that since you compared it to Mario, as far as platforming creativity goes, I I would still give the edge to something like Mario, but this game is just for for a hardcore gamer who likes a real challenge, dude, this is the way to go. So. I think this was influenced a lot by like Zelda because it's I, I like agree you, with that. You go into an area and you unlock an ability or you get something that then you go, oh, and it, coming from the guy who kept going into areas he didn't belong in, it's <laughs> like, oh, you needed to go here to unlock this. So now you can do everything that you wanted to do in this well, in future era and in the past. Combat's so more visceral. Combat's a little more along the lines of something like a dead cells or something i'm not saying it's yeah. as good but it's a little more like that because it's more visceral and more hand-to-hand and anyway so the combat's really great did you did you have any section in that game that you found that was as hard as the the ginzo tree and blind forest though uh the only thing that i found to be infuriating 
I wouldn't say it's at that level because I I did that part way too much. But it was the worm. The worm yeah. annoyed the shizzit out of me. I haven't gotten far enough in, but no, so far, no section. That spider kind of annoyed me, but by the way, if you're going to fight that spider, if you're listening to this and you're playing Ori and you haven't gotten there yet or you're stuck on it now, I recommend using that sticky to the wall ability because that mm-hmm. makes that fight way easier. I didn't realize that till after many tries. I was like, oh, that really simplifies things. See, and then, I, of course, I never really, took that off. I yeah, I, I never did on. either. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I'm going to always use this. Yeah, yep. it's pretty awesome. Uh, and then, of course, having that light ability for that final section. But anyway, overall, obviously, if you can't tell, all three of us love this game. This is yet another fantastic entry. And now what is up there and with my favorite franchises? I love the Ori, what is now a franchise now. So I'm looking forward to see uh, what they do next. I absolutely love it. Yeah, let's talk about it because I think yep. you'll, you'll love it. All right. So let's talk about the other game that we're here to chat about, and that is Doom Eternal. By the way, I had a really sad moment on Saturday. Was it Saturday or Friday night? I can't remember. Um, so I had pre-ordered this game in October when it was still scheduled to come out in November. Then they delayed the game, and apparently I had missed some message from them saying, hey, we've canceled your pre-order, pre-ordered again. They canceled it because of the delay. I don't know why they did that. Oh, but you it, know what? Now I know why. Because I, I I was not understanding why you had it pre-ordered. And they, but it, they so I had, I had it pre-ordered. It even let me download it. So I had the little placeholder, and then yeah, yeah. like a, this past week, it let me download the entire game, loaded and ready to go, and I hit play, and it said, you need to go buy this game. I was like, What? <laughs> I was really annoyed and really I couldn't get it figured out that night. I kept going to Microsoft support. Like I'm not paying $120 for this thing. And I went back and looked at my credit card statements. I went all the way back. I had to figure out when did I pre-order this. I couldn't remember when. Um, turns out they never charged my card in the first place. So I, where I couldn't find the the um, I couldn't find the refund. I was like, I don't see a refund. I'm getting ripped off here. It's because they never charged me for it in the first place. So yeah. it all worked out. I did end up going ahead and buying it. Um, and I'm so glad I did. Listen, if you like fast-paced, super violent games, especially first-person shooters, why aren't you playing this game right now? This is one of the best examples of what just pure, fun, crazy uh, video game uh, action can be. Yes, it's super violent, by the way. I don't recommend playing it when a squeamish wife or children are nearby, um, or husband for that matter. But it's like cartoony violence, so it's not real. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah dude it is it is rough so uh but in a good way i think if you liked doom 2016 then you're gonna love this game it's even better there's tons more upgrades too by the way unless i'm forgetting from doom 2016 uh, there's a lot more to upgrade this time and i really like it there's a lot more kind of different types of currency you can earn with different challenges and so i'm having an absolute blast with it uh, i'm playing it on same thing with ori i'm playing it on their kind of default difficulty setting I always like to give it a shot there first. I'm not trying to go for some crazy difficult uh, challenge, but I also don't want baby mode. So same thing with Ori, where I'm doing the normal mode, and Doom, I'm doing the I think it's called Hurt Me Plenty. It's the one it starts it hurt on. Hurt Me Plenty, yeah. yeah. So and I, it's a it's a decent challenge. Um, I haven't hit a spot yet where I just can't make it through and I'm just about to give up. But um, it is it is a challenging game. How far in have you gotten? Um, trying to think. I think I finished three missions three areas there is a cool hub kind of spaceship that you're on which is really neat as you complete each mission you unlock more areas of the spaceship 
Um, even down to the point where there's a prison where you can go down there and just demolish a bunch of demons and just practice, essentially. Um, it's just the best prison setup ever because they're down there. They're not in cells. They're just fighting each other always. And then you can go <laughs> you can go join them. Uh, so anyway, but there's there's tons of stuff to unlock on your ship, which is really cool, including additional pieces of armor and other things like that. Um, so also throughout the levels, I did my first... Um, Actually, I've done two of them now. The Slayer Gates, like the Slayer Challenges or whatever. Those are cool. Uh, those are cool. There's also these timed ones, um, which are just these scenarios. They'll set you up. They'll give you like 30 seconds to defeat all the enemies within view. Um, things like that. And it's a lot of fun. I, I like those little side challenges. They give you weapon points, which lets you upgrade your weapon. Um, so anyway, all this to say, great looking game. Really fun to play. It runs like a dream. It And it plays fantastically. Uh, I absolutely adore doom eternal it's uh already my favorite game of the year right now what about you guys i uh, do i do absolutely love it but i am finding it to be very hard even just on that hurt me plenty difficulty there are some parts that i've had to do i don't know six or seven times before i'm actually able to beat it because they they like swarm you with a lot of high level bosses or not bosses uh, enemies Mm-hmm. That all attack you in different ways, and you have to, of course, keep moving, or you stand still, you're going to die. Well, Jesse, there's a uh, there's a boss that you fight. It's a big build-up to this boss. You're traversing this whole level, and they keep showing you the boss being put together, the basically. Hologram. They keep showing you, like, here he comes, here's this guy, it's a special treat for you, and then finally you fight him, and he is tough. There's enemies, there's all kinds of mobs all around, and he basically is... The top half of them is organic. The bottom half is kind of like this floating tank-looking thing, right? You mm-hmm. know the boss I'm talking about. Yes. So you finally took. He probably killed me three times, and then I eventually was able to overcome and take him out and all the enemies around. And then it throws you to a new area, and there's three of them, same exact enemy, just as <laughs> difficult. I was like, this is not kind. This is not very. Kind. So anyway, but I, I, I don't know. I appreciate it. It's, it's just insane. It's insanity because you're. I was. I seriously sprint all the time. And you start, you have to, and you start to see the smaller enemies, like they are your health and ammo pickups. I I don't even look for health and ammo on the floor that much. I just look for those smaller enemies to do a quick shot, gunshot, and then a glory kill, and then keep on moving. Um, That was my thing is I feel like, and again, I'm just going off memory. And I did play Doom 2016. I played last summer. I played like three or four hours on the Xbox One X. Um, I just feel like, I'm always running out of ammo and I'm yeah, not standing still. I'm moving around. I'm like, Oh shoot, I'm out of ammo again. And I got to switch to another gun. So I'm always feel, hmm. and there was actually legit one time where I was being chased by one of the spider enemies and like, I'm running away from him. Cause I'm like, I can't find ammo. And there was, he was the last enemy in that area. So it's not like I could go kill somebody and take from them. So I just feel like I, I'm running out of um, ammo more than I did in 2016. Um, but I overall, I like what I've played. I'm, I just got to the hub. So I think I beat two main missions, maybe three. I don't know. I think there's like a prologue and then two main missions or something. I don't know. Um, so I just got to the hub. I overall like it. I do think I'm going to get annoyed, though, with the platforming. The easy platforming I like. It's cool the way they do it. It's kind of it's kind of a different thing. But there's one platforming in mission two, so I think that was the last mission I beat, where you're like going around this 
thing and and just the way they do it it was very annoying like i died a lot because i didn't even know where i was jumping to and it's all time based because once you jump on a platform it falls and it's done That's the lava, lava area yeah yeah so yeah. and i heard is it because some... it's first person is that what's causing the issues yeah but i am also not very good at platformers i think the two people that i've seen have problems with platforming in this game that would be thomas and i wouldn't say i've had a ton this is the only area i had an issue with and i got annoyed with it i think it's because him and i just aren't very good at platforming or for him it's a physical thing too with his hands but for me i i have no problem saying i whether it's third or first person i'm just not that great at platformers they're not my thing yeah, some of those sections are pretty tough. Jesse, is the platforming okay for you? Is that or is that part of the problem you're having with it? No, no, I'm, I actually kind of like the platforming. So they have some sections where you have to like time it up, so you have to drop down under like a gate and then then jump up on the other side and then and then uh, shoot something open the gate, right? Because yeah, cause it's close. Yep. And you have to yep. grapple over here, and some of the grappling stuff. By the way, it's kind of hilarious because you grab onto it and crawl so fast like a little spider. Yeah. Like, it's like, this is so weird how fast this guy can crawl. I want, I actually want that part to be third person. I'm like, what does he look like as he's crawling? <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, some of those sections get super tough. And some of those grab, even for someone, and I usually like a lot of platforming. I don't mind it. I like the, kind of the puzzle. I approach it like a puzzle and I don't mind trying to solve it. Um, but dude, it some of that is really difficult already. Some of the platforming is not easy. Um, but I haven't had the same, I haven't had the same like, oh, they're overwhelming me with enemies, but I think they ramp it up much faster than they did in the first one. The first game, they gave you a while until they really ramped up the waves, the yeah, swarm. You, you fought like a lot of like lower end enemies in the first few missions of the first, or 2016. This one, they were throwing uh, spider dudes and um, the like circular... Like in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, hey. These guys have become a real go-to to get good health back because they're so easy. You just pull up your shotgun, and if you have the attachment where if you hold the left trigger, it shoots a grenade at them. Mm-hmm. Really hitting them almost at all will automatically stagger them with that grenade. And, then, all- and, and this one, they did it differently with the chainsaw, right? Like in the other game in 2016, chainsaw was just like one of your weapons. You could just whip it out and, and use it. If I'm remembering correctly, in this one it's like a special. Like you got to have fuel, and then you just use it once, and that's what gives you more ammo and stuff like that. So I kind of like it's like an insta kill. Yeah, I I like that system. Smaller enemies, right? Yeah, because you can't do it on. You can do it on smaller and medium sized enemies. You can't do it on the big dudes we've been talking about. Yeah, I tried, didn't work. Yeah, no. To me, that's been using basically. If I run out of ammo. One chainsaw kill, maybe two restocks, everything you could possibly need. Yeah. Um, and I understand if you're like, well, I'm out of the fuel as well. Well, then I don't know what to tell you. Um, try to punch him. Um, but <laughs> or just throw a grenade. But anyway, uh, yeah, I haven't had the ammo issue. Um, if more than anything else, it's just, dude, I got to upgrade my armor because some of these one or two shots from some of these big enemies, they're destroying me. So, but I kind of liked, I like that challenge of, all right, I got to watch out for that dude. I got to make sure I'm dodging out of the way. And so, so far I haven't been overly frustrated by it. I think it helps that I've got this and Ori at the same time. So I'll play a couple levels of doom. And then I'm like, all right, 
my adrenaline needs to slow down a little bit. I'm have a heart attack. It's a little much. It's time to focus something. Even though Ori can be stressful as well, it still is a little more soothing. Everything from the visuals to you know what's happening around you. So anyway, um, see that's I'm hoping Doom will be a little bit more relaxing for me because I find I, that going back between Neo Two and Ori, those two games were extremely are extremely stressful and frustrating. You need Animal Crossing, man. You need Animal Crossing. <laughs> I just need a, an easy, fun game. Like yeah, I need, to, oh, I need to play like an NBA Jam game. Yeah, yeah, that's a good fix. Or like a Rocket League. Play with me on Rocket League. We'll win all the games. Yeah, um, it's like noobs. <laughs> Get on my level, Platinum boy. Nah, that's too much work. Um, okay, so overall, do you like it more than Doom 6 2016 from what you remember, Jesse? Or is the difficulty just kind of really hampering your fun with it? I need to play more before I can actually uh, make that decision. I'm so I think I'm through the first four levels. Okay. Um, I'm so at the part I've where gone, I've, I've, I've gone through this like camp. You what? I'm just about to start the super gore nest. Does that sound familiar? That's the one uh, I'm about to start. No, I don't think I've gotten there yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm in the mission. All right, just finished the mission where you're. You're going after one of those uh, prophet guys or whatever. You're going through like his camp, and he, you see a huge projection of him every once in a while. He's talking to you. So I just finished that whole part. That's of the game. oh, that's with the guys who are half robot and half right. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. But there have been there was there's been two or three sections where I was very tempted to put it on baby ass baby mode. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did, did, you, did you read the other difficulties? Like, I can't imagine being that good. Like, if you read the description of some of these, they sound insane. I think there's three more difficulties after this, and then there's the ultra, which is like a one life mode of the of the yeah, nightmare. Like, how do you even do that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think Mark Allen does it. I think he does it. I mean, but we've seen some of the guys. Whether the, I mean, there's plenty of people out there, but like even within our group, there's some guys who post videos of themselves playing first-person shooters, really of any kind. I'm like, how are you this good? No wonder <laughs> I, get, no wonder I get destroyed playing online with people. Yeah, but there's a guy oh. in another group that already platinum, platinum Neo too. He had beaten the game in like two days. Now he may have been doing it co-op. I don't know. But he already pulled off the platinum in one week. I'm like, I don't know. How do man. people have time to do That's that? Crazy. That's crazy. I think yeah. he caused the coronavirus so he could <laughs> platinum the game. That's what I think he did. He definitely did. All right. Well, hey, anything else from you guys on Ori or Doom before we wrap things up? No, I think we're finally, and I think we touched on it last week, but it's Doom is just even more evidence or whatever but i think we're in for a, an amazing year um i think between neo 2 doom and ori and we're not even going to talk about the other trash game that your daughter loves but between <laughs> those three games like we're we're finally getting into the meat of 2020 and i i think it's gonna especially with the two new consoles coming out that are going to be extremely powerful i think I think we got an amazing year coming up. Like yep. probably one of the best. Completely agree. Uh, so either one of you, what's the next game that you're getting? Is it Resident Evil Three, Final Fantasy Seven? What's the next? What's your next game? Final Fantasy Seven for me. I've got both of them 
pre-ordered, but uh, Resident Evil 3, I think, comes out next, right? April 3rd. Which, yeah, by the so- way, before we end the show, and I won't take long, the demo came out. Did either yeah. one of you play it? I didn't, just because I want to go in fresh. Okay. I want to see it on PC, which I actually downloaded, because this game looked absolutely amazing. It's one of the few games that I was playing on the PS4 Pro, and I'm like, is this native 4K? There's no way this is native 4K. Like, it actually confused me. It's that, it's that beautiful. Um, but I, it, it, it excited me, but also discouraged me a little bit um, going into Resident Evil 3 because uh, Nemesis shows up. I mean, it's not a spoiler. I mean, he's all over the place for this game. But he shows up in the demo, and when he shows up, it he shows how more aggressive and annoying he is than Mr. X. And I found Mr. X to be semi-annoying in playthrough number one, which I, I beat the game three times. But when I say playthrough number one and two, I'm talking about that Resident Evil 2 has one and two playthroughs, just in case y'all aren't clear. Playthrough number two he's like all up in your grill every five seconds. Like they give you a ton of ammo in the beginning of playthrough number two, cause they know he's going to show up. So that's what I'm a little nervous about with nemesis. I'm like, Oh God, like, is he going to be like, games that don't stress you out? And now you're going to be playing RE three next. I just um, don't like enemies that you can't kill. That's my problem. Like I'm okay with you making him really difficult, but I don't, that's one thing I don't like about these resident evil games. Even resident evil seven had it where it's like, you can't kill these guys until we put you in a boss fight with them. No, yeah. if you're going to have them in the game haunting me, make them really, really, really almost impossible to kill, but make them killable. So for those of you who are curious, the rest of this month, there's nothing super um, kind of marquee, although Half-Life Alex is coming to uh, VR uh, this week. It should be on the oh, 23rd. Oh. So that's that. that's a pretty major one. Uh, if, but again, it's VR, which limits its appeal, I think, and and the accessibility. Uh, Bleeding Edge is supposed to launch this week as well. And, I'm interested in checking that out. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll try it out. And Persona 5 Royal. It's you know, kind of like the definitive version of Persona 5. I pre-ordered 5. it. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Because you thought, I've got extra time. Let me play this incredibly lengthy game again. Uh, <laughs> Uh, after that, we've got April, and that's when we get RE3 and Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Trials of Mana remake comes out, and then a, one of the more surprising games for the spring, Gears Tactics, will come out. So I'm excited for for April as well. So cool. Gosh, we got so many games. This is gonna be a lot awesome. of stuff happening. Hey, listen, thank you guys for staying up late for this chat. Jesse, thanks for joining us this week. Yep. D- Daniel, if you're listening, I hope your move went well. And uh, we can chat with you again next and time. Jesse is a better Daniel. And I'm definitely a better <laughs> pony than Daniel. I was going to say, do you think Jesse was a better you? Because Jesse was you this week and you were Daniel. Well, I'm a better me and yeah. Daniel. Okay. <laughs> How about you just do this show just by so yourself? <laughs> you yeah, just talk so to humble. three different versions of yourself. That'd be great. Well, <laughs> I've we've talked about it in the past about me just doing the show. <laughs> we have. We have. The problem is you'd have to figure out the technology on your own. I'm not, I'm not sure you can do it. <laughs> That's the only reason why I tend to do All right, guys. Take it easy. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. See ya. All right. Good night. Testing one, two, three. Check, check, check. Say hello. Hello. Check, check. Check, check. Check in the mic. <laughs> Say check in the mic. <laughs> no. <laughs> not tee hee hee. <laughs> All right, this is Tim here with my daughter, who's been playing some Animal Crossing New Horizons. 
And so I bought this game when it came out, but I have not played it yet. And do you know why? Can you tell everyone why I haven't been playing it? Because I've been playing it. Ah, because you've been playing it. So have you played an Animal Crossing game before? No. No? This is the first one you've ever played? Yeah. So what happens when you first start it up? What do you have to do? Do you have to create a character? What do you do? Um, first off, you talk to these um, creatures, and then you get to customize your person. Uh-huh. But um, And did you make it look like you or like someone else? Kind of like me. Kind of like you. Just not as long hair, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then what, what happens after that? You go to an island? Is that what happens? Um, well, they give you four maps. You get to choose... Oh, um, I didn't know that. ...either one of those four, mm-hmm. and then whichever one you choose, after that they ask... If you want, like, a sleeping bag or mm-hmm. a light to start out with. What did you pick? I started with a light. Okay. And then they gave you something to sleep on later, right? Yeah. What'd they give you? They gave me a camping cot. Ooh, a cot. Nice. And also, it's really cool because you, um, after that... The day what it is in real life, it is in the game. So wait a second. If it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon in real life, it'll be like afternoon in the game? Yeah. Oh. So if you want it to be nighttime, you have to play at nighttime. Yeah. Interesting. So what kind of things do you do in that game? What are you, what are you trying to do? Well, it's really cool because you can sell too. Mm-hmm. You can sell stuff. What kind of stuff do you sell? Sometimes I go to the beach. There's a beach, and sometimes I collect like, um, like the seashells. Yeah, like seashells and mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. And, and they buy them from you. Yeah, for like bells and. Bells are technically the money, oh, okay. and I've been selling a lot of stuff each time when I um, figured out that we could sell stuff. Nice. It's also cool that because we can go s- fishing, and yeah. we can catch butterflies with this net. Mm-hmm. And did you catch any fish? Yeah. You I did. Ca- I'm really good at catching butterflies, and not really fish. Fish are like the trickiest but there's also snails and nice. There's snails and there's also this beetle called the tiger beetle, mm-hmm. and it caught. Um, they gave me like 900 bells for it. Well, that's good. It's just one tiny beetle. Well, what if you catch an animal or a snail or something that you want to keep? Then what do you do? Well, there's this button. Um, you can press X, and it shows all the stuff you collected. If you press Y, you can collect it. And then... So if you want to keep... Like, if you found a snail that you want to keep as a pet, can you, like, keep it in your tent? Yeah, you, there's this thing that says either release, um, put item down, or... I forget what the other one is, but... Okay. Sometimes I release the butterflies or release the fish, but sometimes I sell them. Mm-hmm. Like you go to a also another creature that's her um his name is Tom um Tommy Nook. Tom Nook. Yep. Tom Nook. Mm-hmm. And and he's got two little boys. What are their names? Um, Tommy and Timmy. Hey, Timmy. All right, I like that name. <laughs> and there's also. Um, two other people that play, but 
One is like a duck and one is a horse. Okay. But... Now, uh, these bells that you get, what are you trying to do? Are you saving up to buy stuff or what is it you're trying to use those bells for? Well, you can save up to buy stuff, okay. but... Like what kind of stuff could you buy? Like there's a scooter that I want to buy, but when I buy it, they just took my money. They didn't <gasps> give me the thing. Well, that's not fair. You should go talk to Tommy and Timmy Nook. <laughs> Tell them what's what. <laughs> All right, so then what are you supposed to do next? You go out, you collect stuff, you can sell it, mm-hmm. or you can keep it if you want to. And so right now you're living in a tent. Can you keep buying more furniture? What other kind of stuff can you do? Well... Can you fight bad guys? Do you have a sword? No. Oh, it's just a nice peaceful game? Yeah. Can anything hurt you at all? In the trees, when you shake a tree, because you can shake a tree by pressing A, Mm -hmm. there is these these wasp nests, and they can sting you. And Mm. if they do, like, one eye is shut for, like... Oh, my whole time there's like your eyes get swollen shut yeah and, Yikes. and then for some reason like i've played for a f- like a few days now and um yep so well when i got stung i got stung twice what by them and they um they gave me the information like um a lot after when i got gotten stung yeah and yeah. I, I, I said to myself, well, that could have been useful a long time ago. That's true. That would have been. So what is the thing that you like the most about the game or that you don't really like about the game? Is there anything that you don't really like about it? Well, I don't really like about it is that you can't go across the water and that um, I don't like getting stung by the hmm. wasps. Okay. Do they, do they talk too much or do you like talking to all the people? Well, you can press A to talk to them. Or something. And also you can craft stuff. Oh. But if there's no sticks on the ground, um, well, one thing about the wasp's nest, if you have a net, you can craft a net. And if you have it, you can swipe the net at them and then you can catch the wasps. Nice. To stop them from stinging you. But I never tried that before. Yeah, yeah. What? That's cool. What is the What is your favorite thing about it? My favorite thing is... Do you is, like building stuff? Do you like collecting things? Well, do you, what do you like to do? I like going fishing and um, crafting and selling and mm-hmm. catching butterflies and snails and stuff. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, and also the thing that I don't really like about it is every time when I get stung, well, I'm far away from my tent and I keep thinking that I could go inside my tent and the wasps probably couldn't get me but um all the time I never knew but if if I want to go really fast away from the wasps I can hold and be oh, okay. to run to run yeah all right so one last question for you so you've been playing this game for a few days mm-hmm. and during your screen times you get a chance to play it but the boys they don't really like playing games like this they want to play Fortnite or Overwatch or Zelda right where they can fight bad guys and explore yeah would the boys like Animal Crossing? Um, I don't know, but they could. They probably could. Um, like Magursa probably would like it because 
Um, he went to my grandmother's house and he went fishing and it looked like he had a lot of fun because there was a picture. Oh, that's true. So he might like going fishing or maybe catching butterflies or something. Okay. And also in my tent, I also have, um, three pets. Well, they're not really pets. They're just one fish and then a butterfly and a snail. I just like collecting stuff and crafting stuff and Nice. So you're going to keep playing it. You're having fun. Mm-hmm. So how about this? Since you like it so much and it's not really a game that I don't think Daddy would like that much, how about you keep playing it and you keep telling me if it's good? You can tell me all about it. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. Nev, thanks for joining us. And uh, do you recommend for people who are listening, should they go play Animal Crossing? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. You got Nev's full recommendation for Animal Crossing. All right. Thanks, babe. Good job. You're welcome. Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! Boy, you are not ready. Pikachu! Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight.